The following podcast is a Clutch Media production. Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey, and my co-host Emma and I love direct-to-consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. Oh my gosh, Kay, this is a really fun episode for me because I've been following Steph for a while now. I don't usually follow like super beauty specific contents, but I somehow came across her page and I started following and I just love the way she goes about her social. Like she talks about her brand and she educates on the products at G Beauty, et cetera, but she also is just so authentic and she shares her lifestyle. She shares inspo content. I just, I always know I'm going to feel good. And I'm going to learn something from Steph's content. So getting to deep dive with her today was so much fun. And she's just as sweet in person as she is on Instagram. Or I guess <laughs> not in person because it's COVID, but you know what I mean. As close as we can get. Yeah, it's so true. And I think it's it's huge because a lot of beauty brands are built on this air of exclusivity and like holier than thou, or like we have something that you can't get or something like that. She is just the complete opposite. She's the most approachable, easy to speak with human being. And I feel like how the company started and her involvement with it probably has a lot to do with that. Um, It was founded, G Beauty was founded by her mom and her sisters. She was only 12 years old at the time. So you think about that and like growing up with the business and now taking over the entire social media and content side of things, like obviously she's really kind of paved her way and found her path. But G Beauty is an amazing, amazing company. They've got two locations, one in Toronto, one in Miami. And despite COVID, they've pivoted crazy fast. And Steph will talk a little bit about exactly what they did to pivot, but just a really great example of a awesome company and a super customer oriented brand. And we love four female founders that are family. How many more F words can I use? Well, let's get into the episode. Yeah, let's do it. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we have Steph G with us, who is on the team at G Beauty. Steph, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. I'm so honored. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been following you on social for a while, so it's kind of like starstruck moment, but I'll I'll keep my cool. I get starstruck all the time for influencers or bloggers or anybody on Instagram. Like you really feel like you've become friends with these people that you see and absorb totally. every day. So I'm Absolutely. just struck by you guys. <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, so to start off, I mean, you've been with G the family business for a very long time. And I would love to just hear a little bit about what you're doing today at the company. I know you do a lot of social, but what does that kind of overall day in your life look like in your role at G? So my day, and I think this is for all entrepreneurs, it is filled with many different roles and I wear many different hats all in one day. But my primary focus, especially being in the climate of the pandemic, my primary focus is on our social and our email marketing strategy and all of our digital content. So that is usually the baseline for my day, whether I need to record content that reflects what we're speaking about in email or on social or digital, whether I need to write a blog piece or work on product knowledge. And then it's always looped in or there's always some type of leadership meeting involved that is discussing the current state of the business, whether it's our finances, our team, obviously how we're pivoting every day 
day with the different parameters of the pandemic. So that's usually always, you know, there's usually one or two big meetings a week, but there's always constant communication throughout the day. Um, and then a part of my day will always be checking in with our team in Toronto who are currently working curbside and they're physically in the store facilitating orders. And then depending on a product launch or we work on a lot of different at-home facial kits or eyebrow kits, I usually will be involved in putting all the pieces together and physically helping to make the kits. And then probably the last part of my day would be just inventory management in general because we are really building our online uh, website and business. It's like a third store for us. So always looking at that inventory management. So it's truly a smorgasbord of a million parts of the business, but my mm-hmm. backbone is always in content and education and filming because that is the way that I can deliver a message to our community and beyond every day. For anyone that doesn't follow, I mean, probably everyone that that follows our podcast is already following you on Instagram, but at Steph G Beauty, the reason we wanted Steph to come on so badly was because you're like a content, you even alluded to yourself on another podcast I heard, a content monster. The way that you think about your content and how diverse it is and how authentic you are, like you're an absolute machine and you make it look so easy, but I know that it's not that easy. For a lot of people starting their business, talk to me about your philosophy when it comes to content and how you think about your role in the business. So it's funny because I don't know where I got that term content monster from, but it is so reflective. It's like it is so true. Um, I think I I got it. I must have gotten it from Gary Vaynerchuk or something. Oh, sounds about right. Right? Because he – I mean if you look at any of his recommendations for social – social strategy, he wants you to post like five times a day on every platform, right? So it's definitely, it's probably inspired by him. Um, But my, my social media presence came out of a very difficult year in my life where I'm sure like many people in their mid 20s, I really had a lot of time for reflection. And I, you know, was exposed to my own anxieties. And I really, because I had been in the business for at that point already probably like seven or eight years, I really wasn't sure how I wanted to grow in the business and become my own person and grow into my own independent, you know, business professional career. And even though I had such a pivotal role in the business, it just, I had been doing the same thing for so long that Mm -hmm. um, coming out and growing into my own of, of that challenging year, I saw Instagram as a tool and a platform to bring, or I guess to fulfill my extroverted personality. And Mm -hmm. I have always been a performer since I was a little kid. If there was an audience, I was going to sing or perform in front of you in some capacity. And so Instagram became that tool for me digitally. And so I realized that by showing up for this platform every day, it gave me a lot of purpose. It significantly helped my mental health, which I think maybe people don't talk about or haven't experienced like I have, but I saw it as such a purposeful reason to get up, talk about the products we carry, showcase makeup. And the response was so, I felt like people were really leaning in because especially in the beauty space, there are so many people influencing and sharing, but they didn't have the background and the knowledge and the close-knit relationships like I do with these brand Mm. founders and doctors and skin therapists and my own family who have taught me everything about beauty. So that's really how it began. I really felt like it was part of my morning routine. I would go to the gym, get my coffee. And then as I drank my coffee, I would do some type of social, whether it was posting or storying, something of that kind. And it was like a check mark in my morning. And it really became this habitual 
purpose for me that I love doing. I loved writing long captions because it felt like a way for me to really express myself. And then I loved teaching and educating on products that because I couldn't meet everybody, I couldn't talk to everybody every single day, but if I posted it, then people would be able to read it and make of it what they wanted. So that's how it all began. And then in terms of my social strategy now, it still holds true. I still try to get content out every single day. Of course, some of it is more intentional and I plan it out and I you know, make the time to film. But then the stuff that comes like organically sometimes is higher performing because it's so authentic and in the moment. But mm-hmm. I love Instagram. I, I feel very comfortable on that platform. So now I'm forcing myself to learn TikTok because I think it's important to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm 100 years old on the app and I don't understand <laughs> how things go viral yet, but I am totally committed to learning. And I think it's important, like I mentioned, but I learned so much from Gary Vee about never putting all your eggs in one basket in terms of social because Instagram could fall off the, place, the, the planet tomorrow. And yeah. there needs to be other places where content lives. I've, I've dabbled in YouTube. I love it. I think that for a successful YouTube, you really do need the, the right equipment or a videographer of some kind. So that's something I will invest in in the future because I think it's you're really like watching a movie quality when you're on YouTube um, versus stories, which is just really in the moment. Um, and even TikTok is even more raw and authentic, like no filters, nothing. So that's basically a long story short. My goal is to get something out there every day. And I even when I feel like my social is repetitive, there's always a new person that reaches out that either thanks me for something that they've learned or needs the repetition because it also builds that habit for them as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, even in the moments where I have resistance or I feel like my content is the same, or maybe I'm getting a little bit bored of it, there's always somebody that's new that I welcome. And that makes it worth it. That makes me want to keep going and keep sharing. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, one thing that stands out for me with your social is that it's very consistent. Like I know when I'm watching your stories or your posts, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to feel uplifted. Like I feel like there is a lot of intention in what you're sharing. And and so I think there's something to be said for, you know, that consistency in your audience knowing what to get with your content. Not that it's predictable, but um, but I think that's a really like secret sauce. And another thing I love about your social is, yes, you talk about G beauty and you talk about the products and you review them, but you talk about a lot more than that. You talk about your spirituality, your routines, your wellness. Um, and I think that again, makes you genuine and and makes people trust you. And so is that something from the start that you've just kind of chose to show up as your full self, or is that something that's kind of been built in over the years? So it's, it's a very good point, and I appreciate that you see that in my social because that's really important to me. And back to the original sort of where I was at before, when I started my social was that I have only really I've only had one career. I've had two jobs. My other job was at Aritzia, which I worked there for like ten days, and it was not a positive <laughs> experience for me. I'm not meant to sell clothing. I am meant to sell skincare, um, but. When I started it, I wanted to make sure that while it was still a representation of myself professionally, it was also my platform to show who I am, which is more than just makeup and skincare. And anybody that is close to me knows that, yes, I am invested in the knowledge and the skincare and beauty, but I'm not, I don't watch makeup tutorials all night long. That doesn't stimulate me. That is, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely a, a different type of person. I'm inspired by other makeup influencers and, and, you know, beauty content creators, but 
more so from an angle of what did I learn from them that I could implement or I could learn or I could teach versus, oh, I'm obsessed with that Navy eyeliner. I have to have it. I'm really right. education first. So I wanted to my pla- my page and my platforms to show my full self. And when I started my Instagram, I also went through a big transition socially. And I think sometimes that happens when you're you know 25 and you really reveal, you know, you've had friends your whole life or they meant to be in your life forever. And you kind of just wake up if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, and you realize, you know, maybe because I've known people my whole life, they're not, they're not growing with me or relationships in general, like you really evaluate things. And so I had some friends who were not as supportive as I thought they would be of my social. And it drove me to share even more. It was such Mm -hmm. an important eye-opening experience for me because Sometimes when you piss people off, you know something's working. And Mm -hmm. so I was that much more driven. And I actually found it really cathartic when I was going through all of these challenges to share it in a disguised way. But I felt that it released so much energy in a good way for me that I was so motivated and I became even more connected to it. And when it came to showing my spirituality or my faith or believing in prayer or showing even just the fact that I'm Jewish and how proud I am to be Jewish, it's something that I've always wanted to be able to share and talk about more, but I guess I was under some type of umbrella that I thought I couldn't. And I just started doing it and it's been very positive. And I get a lot of questions about prayer in general, whether they're people are Jewish or not Jewish, they want to learn more about the essence of the prayer. Or if I share mindfulness in general, people Mm -hmm. want to know how I've learned it. And I'm so honored to share that because if it's helped me, I know it can help somebody else. And if we can all be aware and responsible for our energy, we can all get more shit done, you know, because totally. we're all taking ownership. Yeah. Yeah. This is huge. And it's something we see in tech a lot. Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but D2C Twitter has just been blowing up. And it's because all of these employees at these tech companies are realizing, oh my gosh, there's so much value in having my own voice and being like a face of the company. And I, it's kind of funny to me because direct-to-consumer brands have been doing this all along. Like think about the most successful, whether it's cosmetics, whether it's apparel, it's when you can get to know the founder, you understand the reason behind it. And then you feel like you're a friend supporting a friend, not just buying from like Walmart or some huge retailer. Absolutely. And I think that's what's also really cool about our business and the fact that we are family, but we are a multi-generational business. Mm -hmm. There is my mom, my two sisters and I, and we all come to the table with a different perspective on beauty, on health, on lifestyle. You know, my eldest sister has three kids. I don't have kids. I have oily skin. My, you know, my mom is focusing and her angle is all about mature skin and anti-aging. And my sister Celine loves cooking and believes in you know, wellness and the full circle. So mm-hmm. everybody can relate to a G person in some capacity. Um, and that I think makes us even more relatable. And totally. soon enough, I'll get my boyfriend to be posting his nighttime routine because <laughs> so many girls ask me like, what can my husband use? What yes. should my brother use? And we've got to share the knowledge. Oh, you really do. Okay. Well, now I have to ask with yes. so many different opinions, do other family members have opinions on social? Like, do you feel like you're getting a lot of direction from them or is that something you get to own on your own? Totally. I own it on my own. And that's also such a blessing about our business is that we all are experts at different things Mm -hmm. and we all let each other do what each other need to do. 
I work the closest in terms of social with Natalie and Celine, who are my sisters and business partners. And we together work on a lot of content creation. We are planning all of our content months in advance. And then we all sort of take different elements of it and film different things or work on different parts of that creative. So Celine is our creative director and she'll usually you know, tell us what's going on and who's responsible for what, and then we'll take it and run. But we learn so much from each other. We are constantly sharing. I'm constantly sharing with my family things I like on social or trends I see, but we also are very aware of our brand and our standard and who are who the G person is that we we don't feel that we need to do everything. You know, we, right. as much as I love meme culture, meme culture is not best for G beauty. So we, mm-hmm. we always use each other to also keep that vision very clear and always coming back to who we are and what our purpose is. And that also helps so much with content because somebody that's talking about everything is never going to be strong in one thing. And so totally. it is important to stay in your lane in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that you have the main G beauty brand and then each of you kind of have your own sub brand in a sense. I just think that's so unique and it's not something I've really seen a ton before. So I think that's really cool how you've built that. And it sounds like, you know, a lot of your content comes organically just from being really rooted in your brand values and, you know, what, how you want to show up. But it also sounds like there is quite a bit of planning that goes into it as well. Could you kind of speak to that process a little bit more? For sure. So we've had our physical studio in Toronto for 15 years. We've had a studio in Miami for, I think, seven or eight years. And our studios are the pillar and how we built the brand. And that really has become our living lab. So that has built our client relationships and where we're able to do all of our services and really lean into what our clients need and want. And it's been so powerful and exciting to pivot this community online you know, for the past, I don't know, 10 months, like Mm -hmm. the connection has stayed stayed so true because we're so consistent, but our clients are so communicative with what they love, what they're challenged with, what they want to learn more about. And so it's all for our community. And I, you know, people always say, oh, you make it look so easy or I wish I could do it like you do it. But I always say to people, like, if I was sitting in your place of work, I would I would be just as dumbfounded. I would think you're, you know, whether it's in finance or if someone's a chef or whatever it is. So I have the expertise because of the years and the commitment and the passion, but I am so, I'm a student to everybody else. So I think it's really, that's where it comes from. Of course, there are trends and, you know, we lean into what's happening. You know, of course, back in March, we really leaned into all of the products and all the lifestyle elements that we believe in for keeping ourselves healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, using more essential oils, drinking our green powders, um, Mm -hmm. taking care of our skin. And then now 10 months later, you know, nobody's had a facial. Our skin is just all over the map. So we just (laughs) launched facial kits, which have been great because people can use that professional grade routine, you know, a couple times a month to really give themselves an at-home facial. So we are very adaptable. That's super important. But really leaning in and, and listening and engaging with your community is it's what you're who you're doing it for. So if you're not connecting with them, how will you really gauge? And and it's not about qual- quantity, it's all about quantity. Interesting. I feel like that's kind of counterintuitive. I shouldn't say counterintuitive, but I feel like if Gary V were sitting here like screaming at us as he does, <laughs> he would say, just get something out the door. Can you talk to me a little bit about what you mean? Like what's quality versus 
right. what would mean? What does quantity actually mean, like numbers wise? So I think, firstly, with Gary Vee, I think one one thing that he does always stream in is that you always want to give somebody a piece of education. Whether I think what's cool about his angle is that don't worry about the way you look or the perfection of it, or if you stumble on a word or you make a spelling mistake. It's really about giving value of some kind, and that really is the most important because people won't look at you know people are not zooming in to see how perfect you look. They want to walk away being like that's amazing. I learned something and I will apply it. Um, But by quality, I mean, you know, I used to care so much. I'm sure everybody does. I used to care so much about, you know, the amount of followers G Beauty had. And then, you know, new businesses would pop up and they would, you know, within a week have doubled the amount of followers we had. And I would always have to bring myself back to the fact that G Beauty started long before Instagram. And we have an engaged and quality community, both in person and online. It's not just about one versus the other. It's about the whole entity. So I believe in quality in terms of that's the way I was raised. It's how I feel about friendships. That's how I feel about the work that I put out there. I am always looking for the connection, the education, the way that somebody feels, the way I can make somebody feel the way that they make me feel. That's where you want to think about quality. Even when it comes to skincare, you know, people ask all the time about, for example, Dr. Barbara Sturm, her price point is very high. Why should I buy her serum versus the ordinary, which is $9? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am responsible to educate on the reason why things are of a higher cost. It's because of the quality, the scarcity of an ingredient, the importing it from Europe to Canada, the quality of the ingredient itself, the refinement of the ingredient, the science and the knowledge and the delivery system. So that ingredient is going right down into the dermis. It's so many more things that we're not, you don't think about because it's not your job, but it's my job to educate. So mm-hmm. that's where it becomes quality versus quantity. And I think I'm sure you guys have experienced that in your life of, you know, it's so much better to have three incredible friends than 30 friends that are a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think it's so much of, you know, what helps you be in a good headspace and be able to be successful is yeah. Fostering, um, those relationships that really, are mutually beneficial, I would say. And I think a lot of what you're speaking to with, you know, education, I think that's such a big part of building brand loyalty. And like you said, it's not about how many followers you have. It's, um, are they getting something from you that they're not getting somewhere else? And, and that's where, that's why they're going to stick around. Right. I mean, I think that's why I've followed you this whole time is because, um, I get that education that I'm not finding elsewhere. That's amazing. I'm so glad. When it comes to who's listening to this podcast, a lot of them are, are, a lot of the audience are people who have ideas and they're like either breaking into entrepreneurship or they're, they're current business owners. And I feel like everyone knows they should be investing in their content strategy. I think it's a very different story who's actually doing it and doing it well. When you start to plan out your content, right? All the stuff that you're scheduling ahead of time, how do you organize yourself? What tools do you use? Like, let's get really tactical. Sure. So as a business, we use Asana, which took me forever to understand. I was like (laughs) very illiterate with this web-based like organizational system, but once I understood why how, why it's so great, that keeps us all accountable because we are between Miami and Toronto, our business partners, two of them are in Miami, I'm in Toronto. We have um, a couple different creatives that we'll consult with that are based 
in different parts of the world. And then we have our team based in Toronto now that are working from home. So you really need a, a central place and email can just go all over the map. And especially when you're sharing all these different files. So that's been great in terms of the business. I mm-hmm. love the app Planoly, which basically allows mm-hmm. you to auto post and schedule. It's a little challenging when it comes to video audio posting or auto posting, but I do love it for especially when with our business, like we are on such a schedule that it helps tremendously. And before we use Planoly, I was literally like, I would put timers on my, or alarms on my phone to remind me to post. And this just takes away so much stress. It's funny because I don't think enough people share the anxiety that comes with like social and being the fact that social has to be 24 seven is a lot of pressure. And you, you know, especially when it comes to DMs, like as a business owner, like the G beauty DMs are a sacred space because that is a legitimate person wanting information and they might write us at 10 at night, but we have learned that we don't have to answer them at 10 at night. We can get to them the next morning at 9am and it doesn't have to control your life. And that was really important to set those boundaries. Um, and then of course, like email is, is always, you know, that's always going. And I, I love sending things back and forth over Instagram. We have a lot of Instagram group chats where we're sending content we're inspired by or things we want to, um, maybe take from a brand and we'll, you know, save it so we can ask permission to share it. So we're really using, I say those three platforms the most. Okay. Interesting. And when you're looking at like, obviously having a tool to help you post things is massive. How far in advance are you planning and how granular are your content plans? So for G beauty, we're planning about two months out and our, yeah. So because especially with, with our business, like there's inventory involved and there's a lot of moving parts. So it's not just what we're feeling. It's, there's so many things to keep in mind. And especially like if you're the consumer, we have to work backwards at if you ordered it on Monday, when would you get it? So when would the content make sense? And um, especially because there's, you know, there's holidays and there's sale times and there's so many things like already in the calendar. So we work around that. Um, But personally, I don't think about Instagram more than a couple days in advance, unless I have something like a specific Instagram live that I'm hosting that I know I have to get that information out on a certain day. I think for my personal Instagram, it's best for me to be as in real time as possible because Hmm. you feel that authenticity as a person on Instagram versus a brand on Instagram. I think as a brand, you want to know that you can always come to them for their foundations and their pillars. And you know, it's not going to be as timely unless, like I said, it's like a humor account where you're that humor reflects what's happening in the moment. But for us, you know, it's always coming back to the buckets that we lean on. I think that's also important with any social is I guess I said it before in staying in your lane, but it's really knowing your buckets because that is what helps you also not get overwhelmed by sometimes like I'll, I'll be in the middle of my day and I'm like, I should film this and I should film that. And all of a sudden your whole day becomes content and that's not realistic. And it's not, it's important to have privacy and boundaries as well. So I think knowing your buckets is so helpful. Okay. Interesting. So I could probably take a guess at some buckets, but I'd like to hear from you on what they are because I see it as like lifestyle specific content, more beauty focused content, and then um, also like inspo content. Is that kind of how you think of it or am I off? Absolutely. So my inspiration, it's so funny because about two years ago, I was in such an Instagram rut and this was before I really 
took my Instagram to a more serious level of commitment. And I was telling my sisters, I'm like, oh, Instagram is just, I'm so not feeling it. I have no idea what to post. I'm so uninspired. And all of a sudden I just like one night, it was a Sunday night. I was just like in my saved file. And I was like, wow, I have such good stuff saved that might not be from like this week, but I loved it at that time. And it, maybe it was like a, a style inspiration or whatever it was. And that's when I started doing st- a Sunday style section, which was basically a roundup of things that I had saved each week. And then I started to share how I would categorize them. So mm-hmm. if it was a quote, I would it would categorize it as part of my feelings. And if it was style or fashion, it would go under style. And if it was somebody's makeup, it would go under beauty. And I think that that also started to show it even showed myself what I'm interested in and what my buckets are because those were the things I was gravitating towards and saving on Instagram and I love sharing quotes that resonate with me because it feels like I'm exposing a part of myself while still being a little bit protected by saying I connected with this quote maybe you will too without saying this is my heart on my sleeve so mm-hmm. that was also like a big it was so therapeutic for me because I those quotes would be reflective of what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um so that's how Sunday style section started which is a big part of I know people look forward to it because I think there's not many things on Instagram that you know are consistent. Yeah. I know you said with stories like you know that you're going to see certain people every day but with some type of more intentional piece of content. That's what I, I also like Sunday style because it keeps me grounded that on Sunday nights, I have this beautiful piece to share with everybody. Um, But definitely, like you said, it's definitely inspiration, whether that's like with visuals or, or a quote, definitely with education, product knowledge or makeup. Um, And then of course, now I'm leaning into so much more video content. I've, you know, in the pandemic really, solidified my knowledge and calling it Steph G school so that people understood if there was going to be a Steph G school, you were going to learn something. And I try to make them about skin conditions or skin types versus getting into like a specific product. So I'll talk about pigmentation and all the different ways you can work on it or mask acne and all the ways you can work on it. So um, that's also been great for me because I, when I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. And so now it makes sense why I, I love to educate. Oh, so cool. And yeah, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people that looks forward to Sunday style section. It's so fun. I love it. Um, And I really like the idea of buckets too. That's not something I've heard of before, but I think it's a simple tool to kind of stay in your own lane and show up consistently for your audience. I love it. And now I'm curious how email marketing plays into this because I know that's something you own as well. Is there like a big strategy behind email? Does it tie into social or is it totally separate? Yeah, just curious to dive into that. For sure. So email is so huge, especially like I was saying. So our community, a, a lot of, of there is a, definitely a large percentage of our community that are not active on social. So um, these are a lot of these clients came from our in-studio connection when we started in 2005. So email is an incredible platform for us to connect to so many different people. And email has taken us, I have learned so much about email marketing just even in the last year about subject lines and pre-headers and all all of the sort of clickbaity things. There's so much to learn about it, but email is a great way for us to share more and for us to really hone in on products or categories, uh, link and 
email does become a tool to link to your social, but email is a great way to lead to your website. So email is so important. I would say Celine, our creative director, really is the lead on all type of email marketing and I will more support it with content. So if I need to write a piece for the email or work on a quote to really highlight the product we're talking about or film a video in conjunction with it, we've now started uh, we, we've been making tons of playlists during the pandemic to really help just to add that element of lifestyle. So we add that to emails. We will do some type of call to action where that client sees the value in supporting G-Beauty, whether we're highlighting a free shipping over $75 or the loyalty points or custom samples. You always we're, Our job is to always show the value that is in supporting G-Beauty because we take that very seriously. We are so... The attitude of gratitude is how we were raised. And if we ever steer away from that, that will be the end of our brand because that is Mm -hmm. so far from who we are. And every single person that connects with us or comes in our stores or shops online or engages on social is so important to us. And our, our mantra is to show that gratitude in every capacity. So that's, you know, that's part of email, such a part of that. And it's also a great platform because people reply and they engage with us and it's, Mm -hmm. it's incredible. Totally. Well, and I think it's kind of intimidating, right? Someone goes on Instagram and they see you have so many followers. I know that for a lot of people like that I follow, if they have, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of thousands of followers, I'm not going to go reach out because I don't think they're going to see that message. Whereas email is like, I can guarantee that they're going to read this. How are you guys collecting email addresses? Well, we have a sign up on our website. So we really encourage people, we call it the G list and we really educate on why it's so amazing to be on the G list for all the pre-launches. We get a lot of exclusivities with brands where we'll be able to launch a product first before anyone else. Like Dr. Barbara Stern, we recently just launched her new vitamin C before it was available anywhere else. Um, And on the G list, you're able to then have a profile, build a loyalty program. So that's mostly done through the website. Um, And then sometimes on Instagram, I'll I'll tell... put a question box and ask people, you know, if they'd like to be on the email list and what they'll get from that. So I think you can do it from many different platforms, but the website is really like a third store and we treat it that way and we give it that much energy. So that's a big way that we collect emails. And um, I think also giveaways are a great way to obviously give your following on Instagram a boost, but then it's a way to connect with people that are new and, and, you know, feed them the website and ensure that they subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And like, there's an obvious theme emerging here, Steph, where you guys just provide value at every single customer touch point. So it's no surprise that the G list comes with all these extra benefits. I think that's amazing. If you were to look at 2021, right, you've probably done a lot of planning with your family so far. Mm -hmm. How are you going to enhance that customer experience? Do you guys have any plans for new things you're going to be adding? So in terms of like the site and everything like that, we're always working on improving our website. Definitely more visuals. We actually have a photo shoot tomorrow in Miami to showcase our makeup even more. We have a lot of plans for more visual, uh, sorry, more video content. So even if it's a quick tutorial, but a lot more education showing people how to use things. Um, definitely, of course, continuing all of their Instagram strategy that we've built. My sister Natalie has an incredible platform of IGTV, where she is sharing her makeup videos almost every day. And this will only continue to build because even when the world reopens or Toronto reopens, let alone, people will take their time 
whether they're comfortable to come back in. It doesn't matter, you know, the standard at which we will hold ourselves to in terms of cleanliness and following protocol. Everybody's going to move at their own pace and the internet is not going anywhere and people's connection to it is not going anywhere. So that's going to definitely continue and grow. And then in terms of product, I think, like I mentioned, our facial kits, we're working on an eyebrow kit. We're especially in Toronto, nobody can get their brows done. So <laughs> being able to tint your brows and shape them. And I we've also that. launched, <laughs> right? Like exactly. Um, we've also launched virtual consultations with our team. So we get a ton of messages and questions about skincare. And a lot of the messages are people saying, you know, I'm a certain age, I have this kind of skin, what do you recommend? And it's very hard to get into that over DM because there are so many questions and there's an element in which we need to see your skin or if it's makeup and they want to be color matched, like we need to see your skin. So the virtual consultations, they're done over Zoom, they're 30 minutes, they're complimentary. And they really allow the person to have that privacy with a G expert to ask all the right questions any question they have and receive the right answer from the expert. So that's only going to grow. And then we recently got my mom, Miriam G into the masterclass world, which we've been waiting for. Yes. So that's been amazing. And that's only going to grow. So I think nothing that nothing we aren't doing now, but just really expanding and growing and sharing more. And I think, I guess you could say making sure the quality is better and better each and every time we share. Right. Oh my goodness. This is like making me think of so many different things. One in particular is I've been in a lot of forecasting meetings lately where I'm sitting with brands and they're thinking about, okay, well, can I use my 2020 revenues or any of these stats that we pulled from the last year? Like, is that an accurate predictor to what 2021 will look like? And what I love about this is like, these are all sustainable things that you could continue. Even when your actual like location is back up and running, you can still run virtual consults because not everyone's in Toronto. I just think you guys have done such a good job pivoting sustainably. Thank you. I agree. I, I, that's what's so incredible, obviously, about the internet is you can connect to, you can connect with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. I have this incredible follower named Maggie in Paris who pays a lot of money for shipping because she's so invested in the brand and she wants it so badly. So that's such an honor. And that's so that could never have happened, of course, without right. these masterclasses and Instagram lives. So and I think to your point in terms of forecasting, if we've learned anything, like it is one day at a time. And of course, it's important to plan out your strategy and have those pillars as you know things you can build on, but you have to be adaptable. And it's that quote of, it's not survival of the fittest, it's survival of like the most adaptable and those that are right. most willing to change because change is part of life. It is not going anywhere. And it's obviously only going to keep getting crazier and more unbelievable and Uh, an entrepreneur has to be ready to roll up your sleeves at any point and pivot every single minute of the day. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think a huge part of probably why I've been able to do that is, you know, that you do prioritize your wellness and your routines and you make sure you're filling your own cup first. I mean, that's definitely how it comes across on social. And um, I think that's so important to be able to be in it for the long term, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And so our final question is, who else do you think gets it? The first one is going to be like a very unsexy answer, but I have been (laughs) learning and studying so much about the law of attraction and manifestation Mm -hmm. and the law of vibration. And a very good client and friend of ours sent me a video. It's like a seven minute IGTV of a video of a man named Bob Proctor speaking on the law of attraction. Oh, I love Bob Proctor. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. So he's 85. <laughs> he is like, he is from the beaches from Toronto and oh, no he way. is incredible. And when I watched this video, I had shivers all over my body and I just, I've never connected to something so quickly, you know, especially in my young adult life. And so I've totally submerged myself in all of his teachings. And that has been so incredible and inspiring for me. So Bob Proctor, for sure. i connected to him on YouTube and I'm on his email list and he sends out links for webinars all the time. So he really is the living example of think it and you will become it. Mm -hmm. And that is, well, the second I really heard that I was like, this is the answer I've been looking for because whenever I'm in challenges, sometimes I will step back and I'll say, should it be this hard? Really? Should it be this hard? And when it is that hard, it's probably not right. You know, there's, there's supposed to be a certain amount of challenges, right? But it shouldn't be so scary and impossible and, you know, fear inducing. It should be exhilarating in some capacity. So um, that's him I love. I would definitely say Lauren Everett's of Skinny Confidential. Uh, Yes. Right? Yes. (laughs) And I think even if she's not for you, you know, the pink or all the skincare, whatever it is, she shows up for her brand. She is so oh, yeah. committed. She is consistent to the end. She is true to her voice. She is extremely talented. And I always learn something from her, even if it's a new typeface on Instagram or the way she'll layer things or her podcast, of course, that is definitely somebody I am inspired by. Um, and maybe it's cheesy, but I am totally inspired by my mom and my sisters and my dad. And they are you know, they always, people always say like, surround yourselves by people that inspire you or that are doing, you know, more than you in a way that you want to look up to them. And that would definitely be my business partners who are my family because I am, I am because of them. I am because of my parents and the way they raised me when I called them from McGill in March of my first year, bawling my eyes out that I was going to drop out. They were like, no problem, come home, but let's get, let's do something about it. You know? So, um, they definitely, hugely keep me going. And they are, you know, not just my sounding board in business, but we are like just such a communicative group that we're always bouncing things off of each other. And I've learned from my mistakes from working with my family that I can trust. And I know that we're all working towards the common goal. So Mm -hmm. they are definitely entrepreneurs that inspire me. Oh, I love it. And what you said about, you know, this shouldn't be this hard. Kelsey, how many times have we said that. Like if you have to force it, there's just something oh. off there. Um, yeah. It's such a good point. And yes, Lauren Everts. Oh my gosh. We, we talk <laughs> yeah. about her all the time. We, Oh, absolutely. There's always something to learn from her. Yeah. And we, um, you know, on the manifestation front, we always say we're like, well, someday she's going to be on the podcast. We just put it exactly. out there. Putting it out there. <laughs> Bob Proctor teaches you that you, whatever your goal is, you have to wake up in the morning and say, I am so happy and grateful now that dot, dot, dot. Now so that you guys this happened. I'm so happy. I'm so happy and grateful now that Lauren is going to be on our podcast today. You <laughs> I know? love it, it. It sounds so crazy, but it really, if you, if you don't think it, it can't show up. And I'm learning now all about shifting the paradigm and just acknowledging that we just do things because we were taught a certain way, but it's, it limits us to what else we could do. So you guys will definitely have Lauren on your podcast and I will <laughs> definitely be listening. Oh my gosh, you're the best. Well, that's our new morning routine, Kels. Um, yeah, I'm into it. And yeah, Steph, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun conversation. Once G-Beauty is back open, we're going to come in and see you for sure. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I would love to have you guys. Such a pleasure. 
thank you guys. I'm so honored and I totally support what you guys are doing and you have so much to share. So hopefully one day when I have a podcast, you guys will be a guest on mine. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. Thank you guys. I say this every time, but I swear that could have been a three hour episode. Steph is just like a ray of sunshine. She's so easy to talk to. And we just got a lot of good tips from that episode. I feel like my my biggest takeaway, honestly, is how she differentiates, how she thinks about her own personal brand versus G Beauty. And like I kind of hammered her with a lot of really specific questions about content, but how, you know, the G Beauty account, that content's planned months in advance. I feel like that's a hot tip for anyone who has a business and you're thinking like, am I crazy for planning out in advance? And then you think about you know, her personal account where she wants her personality to come through. Well, that of course makes more sense to kind of do on the fly. Lots of good Mm -hmm. stuff there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. We could have kept talking. I mean, we kept chatting for a while even after we stopped recording. So uh, lots more to talk about with Steph in the future for sure. Um, And yeah, I just love that, you know, she said their business mantra and just their life mantra is this attitude of gratitude and being so grateful for people who choose to support their business. And I think when you're rooted in that value, it comes through no matter what you're communicating, whether you're talking about a new product or you're sharing inspo content, um, it just emanates through what you're sharing. And I think being rooted in values is just such a good quality to have in a business and something definitely very admirable about their business. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, if you liked this episode, if you got anything out of it, or if you want to be friends with Steph, just (laughs) rate and review the podcast. You know the drill on Apple would be amazing. You know we appreciate it so much. And that's how we grow as a podcast so we can keep bringing you great content. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.